everybody, and welcome to another haunting episode of Yahweh Reddit. My name is Laura, and I'm one of the hosts. My name is Maggie, and I'm one of the hosts, but spookier. Did you guys like this intro? <laughs> I kind of liked it. It felt like we were I, in a haunted mansion. I felt like we were doing that, um, did you ever watch, um, the, the Ghost Hunters, but the Broy one? Yes, with, um, Ghost Adventures. Ghost Adventures. That's the, the one. Zach, 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 Zach and Bart. Like, I never used to believe in ghosts until I came face to face with one. And he has so much hair gel in his black hair. Yeah. Just and, and he's up. always wearing just, like, one of those, like, black shirts that are, like, bedazzled silver. He is Polly D if Polly D took a turn like, to the supernatural. Like, goth Polly D. Oh, yes! Yeah. Um, listeners, we're reading the fifth Vampire Diaries book. This is The Return, Volume 1, Nightfall. We've concluded the first four in the series. This is the next trilogy, The Return trilogy. Interesting thing here, uh, still written by L.G. Smith, but this has now been written ten years after the last one ended. This is the first time I have panicked about my career as a writer because with time you would think that a artist gets better at their craft. And... Uh, this was, like Laura said, 10 years later, and I thought it was, I genuinely thought it was, like, a 15-year-old writing this. Yeah, okay, I will say, once we get, like, halfway through the first part, I was like, this picked back up for me. It kind of reminded me of, like, the first four vibe, but the first, like, 170 pages, I was like, what the actual is going on here? Yeah, and we're going to be splitting this one and maybe the next few yeah. into two parts because the books from here on out are, are like 600 pages, y'all. 600 pages, 700 pages, um, and we can't condense all of that in an hour Yeah, as much as we want to try. As much as we try. Maybe one day we'll play around with releasing both episodes on the same day, but like we don't have the bandwidth for that right now. Maybe we'll write a script and it will literally just be verbatim speaking the facts. Yeah, but exactly. I doubt it. Um, but okay, so the return nightfall. Are you okay, Meg? You're adjusting. You're adjusting. You're I am. adjusting. I'm sitting. Okay, listeners, I want you to know Meg's adjusted. <laughs> uh, you couldn't see it, but I just want you to know in case you were along for the ride with us. Um, Megan I don't, was adjusting. Where did we even leave off with them? Okay. Like, oh, Elena came back to life. Elena came back to life. And it was like life. raining and they're like, ha, 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 We're all friends and we're alive. Yeah. They were dancing in uh, the forest and it is summer. Elena came back naked. Yeah, she did sexy. With the mentality of a baby. Mm. She is baby. Well, no, okay. Not in the end of the fourth book. Now, opening fifth book, she has, she's baby now. She is a big baby. Listeners. You might be wondering, what does that mean? And it means this. It means she doesn't remember how to speak, talk, walk, read. So, like, her whole awakening in the forest was just, like, a crapshoot. And now now she is a, a baby in an 18-year-old's body. And she lives with Stefan. Luckily, she is potty trained. She doesn't need to relearn how to use the little toilet, the little girl's room. Yeah, he won't kiss her because he's like, this is a little weird. And all Elena does to communicate with him is communicate telepathically. And yeah. she emphasizes at one point that she's really sad because Stefan won't hold her in the big bed. Yeah, it's a, it's really cringe. I'll be honest. <laughs> it's a choice. I started reading this book a little bit before Maggie and I was like, hey Meg, did you start reading the book yet? And Maggie was like, no. And I was like, uh, can you? Because it's a, it's a choice. It's a choice. Yeah, and for a bit, I thought maybe she wasn't, she wasn't, like, uh, she has a childlike mind. Yeah. I thought maybe, maybe she's just uneducated. Maybe she just <laughs> has to relearn how to do these things. 
Um, and I thought it would happen quickly, but like, no, it kind of, we just kind of exist with like baby Elena. And I thought, okay, so she's just a human who needs to learn things over. And then at some point it is revealed that she also just floats three feet above the ground. Yeah. She's like a weird angel ghost. She's like a, she's a spirit. Yeah, and she's also a baby. It's kind of like um, like Baby Luigi and Baby Mario, but the Vampire Diaries edition. It is pretty funny, though, because she floats. And later on, st- <laughs> how I pictured this is Stefan will, like, tether a rope to her to, oh like... Oh, my God, like a little walk- leash. Like, she's a balloon. Yeah, that's such a good visual for it. That's hilarious. And when she gets really excited, she'll just like float up and hit her head on the ceiling. It's bad. It's real bad. (laughs) Stefan's turned into like weird dad hours of being like, Elena, no. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Also, what's interesting in this book is the first four books we really played with Stefan's and Elena's POV. Last book was the exception where we got Bonnie's in there. Yep. But now we're just kind of doing everybody's point of view. We're doing everyone's. Which is interesting. We get Damon's. We get Matt's at some point. Yeah. And we go from Stefan being like, I can't kiss Elena because Elena is a child. And then Elena doing this thing where she'll tap her chin to be like, kisses? Kisses? Like um, how my nephew asks for more food. Yeah. By tapping his chin. And it's, it's weird. We switch to Damon's point of view. And he's watching Carolyn change in her bedroom. And boy, I, I get the style that LJ Smith chose for Damon, but I hate it. Imagine yeah. um a the bad boy being written, like the worst yeah. stereotype of hitting the bad boy's point of view, and that is Damon. Yeah. Like here's the thing is like Damon could be such a cool character. Yes. But it's it's not good. It's he's written it's so corny. corny. Yeah, it's so it's very comedic the way he'll talk because sometimes he'll say like, "Oh, thank badness" instead of "thank goodness," and I'm like, "Buddy, I do remember that." It's like it makes me embarrassed for you. He'll say weird. Th- the badness is the best example. I can't. Yeah, think of that. that's the best one. But it's just like he's. On a plane of existence that I cannot even fathom. But he's watching Caroline in the window. At first, Laura and I were like, does he have a crush? Because I'm pretty sure that he dates Caroline at some point in the TV show. Not sure. Yeah. But nope, he's just watching Caroline because she keeps doing this thing every morning where at 4 a.m. she'll, like, talk to this shadow version of herself in the mirror. Yeah, and Damon's like, "Mm, that's a little sus. And then he, like, goes to, like, help her because she starts tweaking out a little bit. And he gets her to let him in, and he's about to feed on her. And then he realizes, like, oh, my God, whatever's possessing Caroline right now is obviously trying to get to me, and I'm smarter than that. So he just leaves. We kind of tote the line of consent and the question around it a lot in this book. Yeah, so that's a trigger warning. Because, yes, whatever is possessing Caroline in this shadow realm uh, mirror version of herself Yeah. hypersexualizes the characters a lot and uh, whoever is possessed by this and it will come up a lot in the plots they really come on so if you are uncomfortable with uncomfy sexual situations this might not be the episode for you because Caroline is wearing lingerie and Damon is drinking her blood and he's also like a little turned on but he's drinking her blood to the point that he wants to just drain her and he's like oh uh, this is not a thing that I've felt before so he's like I gotta kind of spread 
this urge across many girls in, yeah. the, in the tri-state area. Damon is horny. <laughs> horny for bloody time. He really and is. And if this, if Damon couldn't get fucking cornier, he decides to go like on a shopping spree. And there is a line that I laughed at so hard that said, Damon had to wait some hours for another opportunity to feed. There were too many girls in deep sleep and he was furious. <laughs> Fellas, you ever been mad that there's too many foxy ladies asleep in your village? <laughs> and he was and he furious. was furious. God, furious isn't used enough in uh, modern day to describe people's feelings. Like, I never go, I'm pretty furious right now. Like, nobody says that. I think that that should precede every, like, like okay, sentence structure for you guys that will always hit some a uh, very marginally small problem uh and then you follow it with i'm furious yeah like, birds are chirping and i'm furious i'm furious <laughs> if my boyfriend going hey are you okay and i go i'm furious <laughs> you emphasize it like uh, yeah emphasize the f- the fear roll your r's furious oh, i can't roll my r's okay no i i do no, like how I'm you delivered it furious it's perfect guys we're gonna do this more this is gonna be great we're, we're gonna do it more um but he goes into a sunglass hut he feeds on a sunglasses <laughs> girl gonna make a sunglass hut joke i don't know he gets a free pair of sunglasses because she falls asleep and he's like she's probably gonna get fired but I'm that's take, not my problem i'm gonna take ray-bans and then he goes and gets himself a video camera from the from the radio shack i don't know where he's going but yeah he's hitting up every retail store that he's like okay no big name brands let's do Best Buy sunglasses hut. It's so funny. Um, and we also like uh go back to Elena and Stefan, and Elena just doesn't have any clothes. She's been kind of just wearing the same thing. She can also see things now, and she can like see if clothing were made in sweatshops. That was so weird. It was weird. It Stephen was just a choice. Like, Would you like to wear this polo? You have visitors coming over, Bonnie and Meredith, and she touches it and she is like, because uh, uh, it was made in a sweatshop. Yeah, it's uh, it's weird. This whole, this it, it just doesn't make sense. This whole Elena thing, I can't get over it because it just doesn't make any sense as a plot line. You can tell she's a baby because she doesn't understand that there's no ethical consumption under capitalism. Exactly. Because she would touch that polo and be like, aw, but it is Ralph Lauren. Yeah, exactly. So, like, she should be a little materialistic in Absolutely. the afterworld. Yeah, you can't you can't win all your battles, Angel Elena. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Stefan is also mad because he sees that Damon has been on a stealing spree, and Damon, to show him who's boss, sucks his blood, which we've seen him do before. Very degrading. Yeah, it's like kicking a puppy, but he he drinks it's kicking a puppy <laughs> you know, in in vampire world. Oh, okay, yeah. Drinking another Sucking vampire's blood is like kicking a puppy, and he does that to Stefan. I do love that Stefan's gripe is like you've been shoplifting, and it's like once again, Stefan, there yeah. is no ethical consumption under, under capitalism. capitalism. Like your brother shoplift. Exactly. That's not the worst thing he's doing. And also at this point in the book, I noticed we're dealing with a lot more technology than we did in the first four books. And I feel like this book forgot that it was set in 1998 because the amount of cell phones and video cameras, there's a video chat at some point, And there's a lot of texting, which like, 
was not normal for teenagers to be doing in 1998. Yeah. And I'm kind of bummed about it because I really did like this vibe of, like, vampires in the 90s where we don't have, like, internet or, like, cell phones or anything like that. And now it's become, it's going to become very prominent. It's pretty obvious she forgot the setting of the book and was just like, I'm writing this in 2009. Well, and there was also one point she said a lark is a college student. And I was like, no, he is not. He is a full-grown adult. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so I feel like, I don't know, she came back because she saw that the vampire craze was coming back and she's like, I'm going to capitalize on it. Yeah. And she just kind of like made some edits because she was like, who's going to really read my first four books? Do you know when this one was written? Uh, 2009, 2008. Okay. Let me, let me flip, let me flip and fill the dead air so the listeners aren't yeah, bored. Maybe she would have come back and wrote it. 2009. Yeah. Uh, because the vampire craze makes sense because uh, it was only a few years later that they sold it to CW. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know if maybe uh, wherever this was published, Harper Collins maybe like reached back out to her, being like, like, "Hey, hey, if you want to continue this book, now's the time." Or maybe she was trying to work on it for a bit and then shelved but it. It says the show came out in two thousand nine. So oh. I wonder if they were like, hey, we're going to pick this up. Um, uh, you need to keep writing this, B- which is wild because it is completely different from the book. But right. I digress. But also, OK, my weirdest thing here is the fourth book, like it had an ending, but it did feel like it needed to be continued. Yeah. But where it continued from here in book five, strange, strange as fuck. Oh, it makes no sense. No, not at all. Um, anyway, the friends are over. The friends are the over. The friends are here. St- uh, Stefan's like, hey guys, make sure you don't tell anyone that Elena is alive. And they're like, oh, we hate that you are on speakerphone right now and Caroline is in the vicinity. And then they're all have this like really like loud debate. They're like, oh, why did Caroline come to this anyway? <laughs> yeah. And they're like, Caroline, okay, we're going to make a blood pact. Can you keep this a secret? And she's like, um, duh, Av, Elena saved me. Like, I love her now, you guys. Yeah, we also learned some, like, more gruesome details about her, like, kidnapping, which I don't really remember. Basically that, like, she was, like, kind of with him for a few hours, and she felt very, like, used by him. Very grody, very not okay. She refers to being, like, Klaus's toy a lot. Yeah. But Bonnie is still like, I'm pretty cautious of you. So this this sad, sap story is not gonna work on me. Yeah, and Damon has apparently forgotten everything that's happened because he's like, hmm. Elena should be mine. And that's kind of his vibe again. Yeah, it is. They, okay, so they, the the four of them, they're like, we're not going to tell anyone about this. They sign, and I do love Meredith blackmails Caroline by being like, if you tell anyone about this, um, I'm going to make sure when yeah. you rush a sorority, you so don't funny. get in. And she's like, oh God, okay, my life is over. Um, They sign a contract and Damon swoops in and, as a crow, yeah. and writes on the contract, Elena is mine, yeah. D. So he's possessive, um, and he also says earlier that as he's draining all these girls in the town's blood, that he sees red. All he sees is, like, fury. And I think that that came from when he came into contact with Caroline. Not really sure. We don't know. It's going to play out later. Something's going to happen. Also, this is the part where um, Elena just starts floating, and Stefan's just like, she just does that. Don't pay any attention. (sighs) Yeah. And this is also the part where um, a narrator emphasizes, Alaric was Meredith's college student boyfriend. And it's like, no, he's not. He's literally like a 30-something-year-old man. And Elena floating in the air, that's pretty weird. But then they do this, <laughs> they introduce this thing where to get to know the her old friends. To remember them. Since she doesn't remember them, Elena will go and kiss them 
on the mouth. Yeah. Which, I mean, I guess is the quickest way to transfer information, maybe. Lick their eyeball. That's better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, which, you know, in 2009, we're, we know exactly how this is going to go, which is uh, Caroline is being like, ew, that's gross. I will say I do love that everyone else is like, what's so weird about it? <laughs> Oh, I love it. They're yeah. all allies. They're all allies. They're all just like, so she needs to kiss you. Get over it. Yeah, Bonnie's like, legalize gay marriage. Exactly. Why haven't we done that yet? There's a whole, it's a very weird monologue, but I love it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then meanwhile, we don't get to see that entire scene play out because we cut to Damon picking up this girl Damaris in his car and he's just thinking about Elena and he's making out with his girl as he's driving. It feels, again, it's a weird scene that feels like it wants to be in a TV show, but it's not. Yeah. Um, and then he gets bored with Damaris and he's like, but I want to go find a vampire. Yeah. And we figure out, I don't, it, it was either this book or the last book that uh, Fell's Church, oh, it was the last book, is at, in the crosshairs of like yeah. Lee lines. And um, figure out a little bit later on that Elena, since she is a spirit, she's kind of bringing a lot of powerful yeah. people into her vicinity. Yeah. Um. And maybe it's because she's yeah. You know, she's a lesbian. And now. he's like, and he's like, there's vampires everywhere. And I was like, if there's vampires everywhere, why did no one help you defeat Klaus earlier? Like, I know. Seriously, come on, y'all. I don't know. But back at the boarding house, Elena is kissing people. Yeah, she is. And Caroline is like, "Ew, you pervert, get off of me!" And we get one of the first of very weird dialogue to me, which was Stefan being like, "This has nothing to do with sex." Which I thought was pretty obvious. It's like, yeah, yeah this this felt like just a, a peck. Yeah. Um, and Elena is sad that Caroline's rejected her. And Meredith just straight up goes and kisses her because Elena's just, Elena's just, this is how she's Elena's, getting to she's know everyone. she's pure. She needs to remember. And it's kind of obvious Caroline is afraid of her more so she's homophobic. <laughs> yeah. They also have this debate uh, if they can trust Caroline because like something's up with her aside from this whole hating gay people thing. <laughs> yeah, like that, that already is like, mm, yeah, she like, like storms into the bathroom. They're talking about if she can trust her. She ends up overhearing them and she gets pissed. Yeah. And that's when like, she starts to storm out and that's when Bonnie sees this weird ass shadow attached to her and they're like, something's up with Caroline. I do love that she comes back for her purse and she just hear, hears uh, Bonnie going in on her basically being like, Caroline's fine. She's just a slut. And then she's like, I heard that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And Elena starts glowing. And then there's like this weird, like Elena versus Caroline, uh, pure magic versus black magic sort of like tiff. Yeah. Which is weird. A window explodes and then Caroline slaps Elena. It happens very fast. And Stefan like picks Caroline up with her mind, moves her out of the room and then shuts the door on her, which is uncharacteristic because Stefan doesn't drink from people and he's very weak. And yeah. it's uh, revealed here that um, he has been feeding from Elena because Elena really wants to feed from him. Since yeah, that's, she like, does. The only way that they can talk uh, is by drinking each other's bloods. And now that he is feeding from a spirit, he's like pretty fucking powerful. Yeah. And uh, Meredith also ends up punching Carolyn and knocking her out. Love and, that. And that's when Stefan's like, great, now that that's taken care of, I'm pretty sure she's possessed by something. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, and then later that night, we also learned that Elena's diary is on the computer now. And Stefan has to type it for her since she doesn't understand keyboards. Yeah, it's he, she he will type out her diary entry and then which, you know, if someone was typing out my thoughts, I wouldn't want them to comment on my thoughts directly after. Yeah, but he leaves a little paragraph for like. Okay, so we just had Elena's time, and now it's Stefan's thoughts. Yeah, Stefan's learning to express his innermost thoughts in a diary. It's cute. Elena really wants me to kiss her, but I don't want to do that. It feels weird for me to kiss a child, which is, like, fair. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know if I could be that uninhibited with my partner where we share a diary, and also, like, uh, I write down everything she's thinking about me, and then I write down everything I'm thinking about her, and then what do we do? We just swap notes? Yeah, we well, Elena can't read, so, like, Stefan's oh, yeah. in the clear. That is fair. There was I, a scene yeah. where she's, like, he finds her sitting in the bathtub crying over not being able to read the news. Yeah. It's, shit, shit gets, shit is weird for, the, again, the first 170 pages. Um, where did we leave off? Da, 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 da. Oh. So, yeah, Stefan, <laughs> about how Stefan, she wants Stefan the whole Yeah, life. then we cut away. Bonnie and Meredith are having, like, a sleepover. Bonnie gets, like, weirdly possessed in her sleep, so Bonnie records it and plays it back to her. Oh, I forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, that was I very hated quick. That scene. Yeah, didn't love it. Um, not, like, didn't love it. Like, it was really cool, but it was scary. It That's was, what I didn't it love It was about genuinely unsettling i didn't it because it, it's like meredith wakes up and bonnie is um uh standing over her how i figured it like uh, her nose is touching her nose but she's standing upside Ugh. down and her eyes are closed and she's speaking backwards yeah the mes- uh, she says the message elena will wake up and then they won't be there for her after that's creepy i will say one thing these books do well is horror like it is fun like some of the scenes in these books are unsettling and scary and spooky, and they're cool. This one and the one in Caroline's room where Klaus had written, um, like, Goodnight, Sweetheart. Yeah. I, I didn't like that either. That scared me. Yeah, like, that's what I'm saying. It does it well. Like, it's definitely, like, good at being unsettling. They do. Yeah. Yeah. But the next day, they go to Stefan's, and everyone is talking, and Stefan's like, hey, me and Elena are going to leave Fell's Church. And that doesn't come up. For the next 200 pages. Nope. But if you want to know, maybe it will. Who knows? Yeah. Um, Elena, then there's like this um, weirdly intimate few page scene of Elena giving Stefan blood. Oh, yeah. God, it like lasted like five pages. There's so many of these and it feels like it is LJ Smith's way of writing around not being able to write sex. Yeah. Because it, they are very horny Yeah. Scenes. Like they're very like, ex- like weirdly explicit uh, without saying anything inappropriate, which is weird. He says things like little lovely love to her. Which like he never did in the first four books. So what where are we getting this? Like call your babe call call your girl babe just like yeah, the rest of us. God. Be normal. Yeah. Little just, lovely love. Yeah, it's like almost like he's talk doing baby talk to an actual baby and it's kinda gross. It just screams toxic codependency. Ugh don't it, even get me started. I don't know. Um, and we also like get like some notions that Matt still hung up on Elena, which is also weird because we didn't get a lot of that in the last couple of books. We were definitely like steering him more towards Bonnie, and we definitely get that in this book. But we also keep getting like weird nudges of um, like people being like, "Oh, clearly Matt was still hung up on Elena." And it's like, no. Yeah, he's upset. Elena is leaving. Makes sense. But we get uh, about a page of his point of view, and it's revealed that he still wants her. 
And they're talking about how everything's changing. Boo. Bonnie's really stressed. And Matt's like, Bonnie, don't worry. I'm going to come back to this shitty town where you'll be at junior college. Yeah, and he's like, and I'll be thinking about you. And it's kind of like a sweet. They have, like, little sweet exchanges. And then they crash into a tree. Yeah. Okay, I do love this scene. Um, They crash into a tree somehow. And yeah. then they notice that through the windshield, this tree is growing inside their car. Mm-hmm. And then they have to find a way to escape this tree that's, like, pinpricking them and, like, wrapping around them and everything. So it's, like, alive. I pictured it as Matt is driving and they have one of those three-seaters in the front. So yeah. Bonnie is sitting between him and Mer- Meredith in the passenger seat. And... It's engulfing them. Matt can't open the door. Yeah. They have to, like, scramble into the back seat and try to figure out uh, what exactly they swerved for in the middle of the road. And what they swerved for is described as a wolf with two heads on opposite ends. <laughs> oh, just an average day in Fell's church. But it's smaller than a wolf. It's, like, the size of a fox, which, honestly, when they described it later as that, I was like, that's that, that kind of takes sense. the pressure off. If yeah. it was, like... A wolf size, I'd be, like, stressed out. Yeah, definitely. But a fox feels like that scene in Scooby-Doo where he holds up Scrappy-Doo and he's just, like, twirling and trying to fight. Yeah, but this tree is no freaking joke. They cannot get out. Uh, And, like, I could feel the claustrophobia is the way she was writing it because they were, like, describing how even though it's daylight, it's completely dark inside the car now because of how much engulfed they are inside this tree. I think the best they visualized it was Bonnie's in the middle of the two of them and Bonnie has to lay down with like what I imagined her face in like Meredith's lap and if she moves up uh yeah. the, the branches are like right behind her and she will be poked with it and Meredith has to like sling her seat back because the tree branch is right at her yeah throat. like oh it's it's pretty gruesome it's, it's pretty gruesome <laughs> And they can't get out by themselves. Bonnie ends up using her power to call Damon. They realize Elena and Stefan are probably asleep or yeah. having their weird fucking kissing Their weird scenes. kissing scenes, yeah. Um, but they're like, we gotta try getting to Damon. Um, he takes a second to come rescue them. But then when Damon gets there, he only takes Bonnie with him. Yeah. So, uh, Meredith and Matt, I don't, I genuinely don't know how they get out of it, but, uh. Stefan goes and gets them. Oh, yeah, but yeah. does, do the trees just, like, stop growing? I don't know. Damon decides, um, after, I will note, watching them for a while, he's, like, yeah. he's taking his time to decide whether to save them or yeah. not. Uh, he. Torn between being good and being bad. Yeah, Bonnie is freezing, and he takes her to the boarding house and flies away with her because he's really strong. He's flying with her, and he runs into Stefan, um, who and who lives at the boarding house. Like, of course, he was going to run into him. And he gives he gives him the four one one. He's like, uh, "Listen, um, uh, this is uh, I, I lost picture, the other two. <laughs> I also picture Stefan just out walking Elena on the little balloon leash, being like, "Oh, Damon, what are you doing here with Bonnie?" <laughs> Yeah, they they get in a little bit of a fight, and he teases Stefan for how powerful and good he is now that he's drinking from Elena. Whatever he and we, this is where we learn Stefan is stronger than Damon now. But there's no time, no time. Damon yeah. needs to save Bonnie. Yeah, so Stefan goes to rescue the others while Damon has to bathe Bonnie. 
and he ends up having to like take her clothes off and he's being very adamant to not like really look at her. She's got an A cup, which he says is kind of disappointing. Which is kind of fucking weird to bring up. Like, oh, oh, I took off her A cup. (laughs) Which is weird. It does say a lot about Damon, though, that he like understands bra sizes because like cup sizes really don't mean much. Yeah, that is true. Because that's the thing. It's like a 32C is the same thing as a 34B. So it's like... It depends on where you shop. Exactly. It depends on where you shop. It also depends on, like, the size of your, like, but, like band width. He also so, takes note... He doesn't take off her matching panty set, I will say. He also made matching. a note of that. Um, <laughs> but he does try to, like, suck out the poison from these little pinpricks on her. Um, and he realizes that that's not gonna work, but don't worry, he learned a trick when he lived in Belgium 50 years ago, and he can get her to drink his blood, and then she'll have the malic, which is what they're calling this poison magic, taken out of her. Yeah, so he sucks the poison from the needle wounds, she drinks his blood, and as he's sucking, um, the poison out of Bonnie, he's, like, really pissed off, because this, like, whatever the power is kind of brainwashed him into watching the humans enjoy being in taking enjoyment out of them being trapped in the tree which you know whatever you need to tell yourself to sleep at night yeah whatever excuses men want to continue being bad i guess use them admit you have feelings oh my god go to therapy um matt bursts into the bathroom as this is going on and he's like get off of her yeah, he he's really mad at Damon for undressing Bonnie, but Stefan stops him because he's, like, realizing Damon is saving Bonnie. And also, Damon's kind of feeling guilty. Yeah, and he's like, but she's gonna be fine. And then Meredith comes in, like, grabbing her bra, being like, I swear to fucking God, if her underwear is taken off, I'm going to destroy you. He's weirdly protective of Bonnie and is, like, uh... Also, I do love he's very afraid of Meredith, which is emphasized a lot in this book. yeah. And he's like, chill, Meredith. I just sucked the poison from her body. And Elena takes this time to kiss Matt and Meredith and to the, make them feel better. That's how, like that's how we learned that they got healed. Because he was like, wait, wait, wait. How are they fine? And Stefan's like, oh, Elena just kissed them. <laughs> you're busy giving her your blood up. She just had to kiss them. She says, like, you're so weak, brother. Yeah, and Damon ah. just won't admit that he like cares about what they think about him. And it's like, buddy, just get over it. Yeah, Stefan's like, admit it. You care about Bonnie. And Damon's like, no. And then they fight. And, Bonnie and then he drops up. her in the bathtub. And that's when she like wakes up. And then Damon hugs her when she's awake because he's like relieved that she's alive. But she's still in the tub. Yeah, and she's still naked. And then she starts freaking out because she's like, this guy didn't call, answer my call. He wanted us dead. Yeah, she's like, nah, 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 nah. You don't get to be excited to see me when I could hear your thoughts when I was calling out for help and you ignored us. And Damon's like, oh, 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 fine. And Elena knows something is up. Uh, and she, Damon, Damon. Damon. Yeah, she keeps trying to get him to stay by baby asking him to it's stay. It's so annoying because the way LJ Smith wrote this is she will do the daman. And then after afterwards, it's like italics of what she is telepathically saying to Damon or Stefan, which is like, daman, tell them what you know about the Maliks. Daman. <laughs> so Come on, Damon, don't leave us. You have to tell them what you know. <laughs> yeah. Daman. It's weird. <laughs> I wish they would have just did the telepathic thing because that would have made way more sense. I know. 
but she wants to check out things with Damon, so they go to the old wood. They, oh, wait, that's that's later on. Oh, oh yeah. he just flees. Yeah, he, Damon just flees. Stefan and Elena, now that everybody's fixed, have some alone time to go out into the woods and twirl in a circle and kiss. <laughs> yeah, they're they, both They, floating. like, float up into the... It, it's the scene from La La Land in that, like... A song where they're like floating up into the sky. They're outside and they're twirling. Un- not under a roof. <laughs> no, that's a great. That's visual. a great visual. Yeah. They go to the old wood, and I don't know what it is. I viewed it at like three a.m. and Elena and Stefan just start kissing like psychos. Yeah, under the moonlight. It is like three pages of this isn't how this one is described, but the other one where they were kissing a lot yeah. was like his teeth grew and she caressed his fang between her upper and bottom. Oh lip yeah, she she like and her blood from her mouth just goes down his throat. And so imagine L.J. Smith describing every scene of them kissing like that. Yeah, for the course of like forty pages. Yeah, and we while they're up in the sky, floating upwards and upwards, spinning around each other, just in their embrace. Damon is watching them from a tree just brooding um and then yeah he's angry he notices some a gold pair of eyes uh next to him and he goes like oh who are you and he says I'm the hell Shinichi yeah (laughs) and I and okay and I I shit you not this is where I said the book should have started the book should have started with Stefan and Elena kissing under the moonlight, floating up, doing whatever, and Damon in the tree. We didn't need the earlier shit at all. You could have just introduced her as a spirit. Like, maybe they're floating, and then right. we're like, why are they floating? Right? Like, this, we had we had 170 pages of build-up to this moment, which is where the plot really fucking starts. But, you know what? It doesn't get to start here, and we learn that she's a spirit. The next day, she wakes up, and she's human. She's a human again. Easy. Spirit time's over. Bye, bye spirit time. Bye, thank, spirit time. Thank fucking God, because this is also the part where the book turned around for me. I had a, a way better time reading the next uh, few hundred pages. Yeah, she uh, can talk again, and... She video calls Bonnie's, like, okay, bye, 90s. It's not the 90s anymore. And Stefan's pretty excited. He's like, oh, this is good. Uh, she's... Uh, back to being herself, but it also kind of brings back his fear of, like, what if I make her a vampire again? She's yeah. human. We got a blank slate. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Ooh, hope I can control myself. Um, um And wow. then, where are we? Oh, my God. And then, S- basically, Elena plays catch-up being like, hey, Bonnie, I'm, all, I'm, I'm normal again. Hey, Matt. Hey, Meredith. I'm normal again. Uh, but I can still fly. By the way, I can still fly. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. I can still fly. And she, she can still do a little bit of, like, white magic. So she, uh, Elena's like, I, I I saw something in Damon. And to describe it, she just touches Bonnie. And Bonnie has a vision of exactly what Elena saw in Damon the day before. Yeah. And it's like, I don't, I don't it's know. It's like an aura. It's like an aura. She can really pick up on these auras. A color vibe to somebody. Um, and at this little picnic catch-up they're having, Matt's like, hey guys, I've got some real piping hot tea. I saw Caroline leaving Jim Bryce's house, and they're like, Jim Bryce has a girlfriend, what is that? And he goes, yeah, it was weird. And then when I went to go ask him if he wanted to play basketball with me, because I'm a sports guy, yeah, uh, his 15-year-old sister started pressing her body up against me, and it made me very uncomfortable. Yeah, Matt's a good guy. Matt has morals. I love yeah. that Matt as a good guy is illustrated by being like, I didn't take advantage of this 15-year-old girl. Yeah. And hey, he didn't. Hey, congrats on doing the bare hey, minimum, buddy. You know? Um, um, yeah, so it's weird. Some some shit's going down. 
so, yeah, something is going down. Everyone is hypersexual. Back to Damon in the tree making a deal with this uh, Shinichi, whatever, to take out Stefan and Matt um, because this guy's kind of like has a lot of yeah. influence over Damon. Yeah, and also at this picnic, Elena and Bonnie do say they think Damon is now being influenced by the Malik from sucking it out of Bonnie. Um, and we also find that Shinichi has a twin named Masao. Yeah. Who is controlling Caroline and Tamara. Yeah. And they are fox spirits, or kitsune, in, um, the, the lore. That's more than what I wrote down. Yeah. Um, I, I wrote it down. I wrote down the fox spirits because did you watch Turning Red? No. It, it essentially is about, like, well, it's about red panda spirits, but it reminded me of that. Oh, that's um, cool. Yeah, but it's, like, they're obviously... Turning Red is a really fucking good movie. I think you'd really like it. Okay. It's really fucking cute. Um, he emphasizes he really wants them to leave Bonnie and Elena alone. Yeah, he's like, you can destroy the town and everybody in it, just not Bonnie and Elena, because I love them. And, yeah, I mean, now yeah, he has a... pretty much it. He has a crush on Bonnie now, I'm Yeah, sure. and I think he just still wants Elena because Stefan has her, so... And uh, we get that Shinichi is probably going to take over Damon completely at some point. Yeah. And I also think he's going to try to kill Elena. Yeah, because, like, Shinichi kind of, like, lures him into a little sleep and he goes, I like Elena too. I'll probably have her as well. And Damon's too brainwashed to really, like, think anything of it. Yeah, because Damon's like, you're going to take care of Stefan and Matt. Perfect. So Damon goes and he leaves a note behind for Stefan about, like, meeting him at 4 a.m. in the old wood. Yeah, and here's a website for you to look at. I do love, yeah, I do love that Damon's like, um, by the way, Stefan, I'm, like, a part of the internet world now. I have a website. Yeah, you, have you heard of the internet? You're gonna love it. That would have been a great way for LJ Smith, um, to have gotten me to be like, oh, I gotta know what Damon Salvatore has on his website. It only would have worked if, um, they had some sort of, like, dial-up internet, uh, that they had to wait before going to this website. I would love if if on the dial up it's like a person that turns into a bat. Yeah, the person oh, like, would obviously be a bat. Do you think vamp- he has pinball on his website? Vampire dial up. Uh, I hope they have that old. Um, did you ever play that um, uh, elf bowling game where their heads would come off? You think they would have that, but the head is humans? No, I think they just have that game. Oh, okay. <laughs> on their computer. They have that exact game. Yeah, on Damon would. On his website? Damon would absolutely have that game. I I feel like his website, because Damon is lives alone, right? He needs a hobby. Where does Damon live? Like, in, the in the woods. He, like, falls he can't asleep have a website then. I'm sorry. He cannot. Yeah, does he go to the library yeah. at, at dawn? Hey, can I code on your web, like, computer here? I don't know how coding worked on i don't think you could do it on normal computers back in the day you can't be a bad boy with a leather jacket and and a free ray-bans and have a website that you got to go to the public library that's so fucking funny um but this website that also damon leaves for stefan is called she no she and it's like in hawaii and it promises of curing vampire vampire-ness. So Stefan's like, oh shit, I gotta go. So he leaves a message. Which, I'm sorry, when did Stefan get so gullible? I don't know. He was just like, oh yeah, let me trust this. I trust it. He decides, you know what, I'm going to trust Damon. I guess I guess that's what we're doing now. And he leaves a message for Elena about fleeing to try to become a human, and he'll come back, don't worry. 
but just in case, here's $20,000. Which, like, don't ask how we got it, because we're never going to find out. Don't ask, don't tell, baby. Don't ask, don't tell. <laughs> and Damon... Like, this is so du- such a dumb plot point. I know. So I keep going. Uh, Damon comes in later on. I don't really know when he wrote this, when Stefan had the time to write the note, but Damon's like, I'm going to change this little note up. Yeah. Type, 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 type. And essentially he changes the note to being like, Elena, listen, now that you're a human, I'm a nervous. I'm going to actually change you into a vampire. So but Damon I'll... will watch over you. But Yeah, seriously. It pushes a lot being like, Damon's here for you now. And I have money and you can live in the boarding house for a year. But don't worry. If you need anything, talk to Damon. I'm don't look fleeing. for me ever again because I'm I'm gone. Love, Damon. I mean, Stefan. I, I love you. Bye. <laughs> and she even makes a note of being like, this... Uh, couldn't have been obvious, uh, obviously an ad about Damon if Damon had written it her, himself. And I was like, oh, okay, so she knows it's a ruse. Yeah, but then she kind of falls for it anyway. And then she falls for it being like, Bonnie, Meredith, come over, Stefan left me. Yeah. And it's very like, weird. She's like, yes, this is the awakening you guys told me I was going to have. I was going to wake up and he was going to be gone. And they're like, I don't know, it seems like we were talking about something probably a lot bigger than that. And she's like, please sleep over, Matt, you can leave. And he's like, why am I here anyways? Yeah, so they fill in that. Uh, Matt's like kind of driving her new car that Stefan got her. A red Jaguar. Um, And he's like, kind of like, that seemed like a weird goodbye message. And then there's a fallen tree in the road. Yeah, and it seems like Matt swerves, barely misses it. I don't really know. Um, and then all the tree roots come up of the Moloch. Another alive tree. And they kind of take a hold of him in the old wood. Yeah, and then like uh, a spooky cr- creature bug uh, comes out. And I'm going to be honest, I did picture this as the Pokemon pincer. <laughs> Oh my god, really? Yeah. Okay, honestly, because the the way, to me, I viewed it as, like, genuinely a vagina with teeth, and then, like... That's it, kind of pincer, though. It kind of is. But it's this... He is a, a horizontal. I saw it as, like, vertical. No, pincer, like, stands up. Oh, that's fair. Yeah, I pictured, like, pincer has, like, a, a like more of a mouth, though. Okay. He still has these horns on his head, and he just kind of, like, gobbles up Matt's little arm. Okay, I viewed it as literally okay. oh, the hole. So like the shape of a gi- vagina, and then the hole for the mouth where Matt gets his arm um, yeah. stuck in, and then scraped af- as the the Moloch is like eating him. Yeah, and then it the tentacles like come out from yeah. from the sides. Yeah, I didn't I didn't view it as anything but a mouth, like no face. Weird. Yeah, I pictured it as pincer, and then just like obviously like growing and more expansive. Yeah. Good, good visuals on both parts, I'll say. I don't know. It's a big bug-like insect. Yeah. They fight. They have a little brawl. Hall brawl in the, in the woods. Hall brawl in the woods. Uh, the Moloch swallows his arm and leaves him all scratched up in really bad shape. And uh, he's like, well, to get out of this, he drives uh, full force into, like, the ditch and then comes out the other side of the ditch and is like, I just have to go home. And then passes out on the yeah. wheel. Yeah. And then he somehow gets back to the boarding house the next day that is never described. It's um, not. And he tells the girls what happened, and he apparently called the sheriff to get rid of the co- like the tree that was in his way. Um, his arms infected um, with the malic, and then we also find out Mrs. Flowers is a witch and she can cure him. Yeah, she takes care of him, gives him some tea, and the girls are just watching him, and he's like, "Well, I guess I have to drink this tea. I don't really like tea, but I gotta drink the tea because yeah. girls are watching me." 
So he drinks all the tea, and um, we get a lot of weird lines that made me laugh, um, like when he brings up that he's in trouble, and it says he was engulfed in worried femininity instead of, like, the girls were worried. And nothing better than the feeling of hugging soft, soft girls. Yeah. <laughs> So that's a map. That's a map thought for sure. That's so weird. Um, he also gets a phone call from the sheriff, being like, "Hey, buddy, I don't know what your deal is, but lying to us about trees in the road is gonna get you fucking arrested, you little bitch." Yeah. So they add that problem on top of it that like he. It's ha- a four-page conversation. He has to go down to the sheriff's office either today or tomorrow with Meredith, who lied about being Stefan's girlfriend, and the reason that Matt was borrowing her red Jaguar car. Yeah. Um, so they gotta deal with that at some point. Yeah, but, uh, Elena's like, day. They got I know, no time. Elena's like, I'll have Damon go with you. He's persuasive. He's supposed to be helping me now. Yeah. But here's what we're gonna do in the meantime. Bonnie and Meredith, you guys are gonna go to Caroline's and see what's up with her. We are going to go, uh, to Jim's? We're gonna go to Jim's. Yeah, they're going to Jim's. Jim Bryce's. And, uh, so... Bonnie and Meredith go to Caroline's, and her mom's being really weird when it's she opens. sus as fuck. Being really weird, opens the door, and is like, um, Caroline's sick, you need to go. And and they're like, no, no, it's okay. And then the mom just collapses. She passes out. Yeah, and while they're, like, carrying her up, they start to, like, see a person, like, kind of, like, really quickly crawling across the ceiling. And it's Caroline. Yeah. <laughs> but we cut, too. We don't get to see the oh, whole scene Not yet. Out. No, no, no. No, no, no. Matt and Elena go to Jim Bryce's and, uh-oh, Tamara's there alone. And this is fucking creepy. She, uh, first of all, she keeps calling Elena an old whore, which, hysterical. Hilarious. Absolutely. Ten points for Tamara. Um, but she's, like, super glued in an attempt to make herself look like a Las Vegas showgirl, like, tinsel. Yeah, like, pasties, yeah, and then, like, yeah, she's, like, cut up bikini bottoms into, like, a thong and put a lot of tassels super glued to her body, and Elena's like, oh my god, we need to get this girl to a hospital, she's super glued, everything on her. Even though she's possessed by whatever's going on inside She's trying her. to get mad to fuck her little 15-year-old body oh. <laughs> again. Um, and what's worse is her parents and her brother fled the house because they were like, yeah, this girl's way too much to deal yeah. with. Yeah. And then if that was enough, we cut back to Caroline's where they describe her as scuttling across the floor and up the stairs. Yeah. And... <laughs> How I view it is, like, Caroline is just, like, active in the house, and they don't know where she is. Yeah. And they're like, okay, we're both carrying Caroline's mom. We need to deposit her in the master bedroom. Why do they need to take her to the master bedroom? Put her on a couch. Just drop her in the hallway at that point. Like, she'll be fine. Okay, your job was to go check in on Caroline. Caroline's not good. Yeah. Now get out of we there. We got it. But then Meredith's also like, no, 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 this is the right thing to do. Also, I telegraphed Alaric because I think he can help us. So they go in, they deposit uh, Mrs. Forbes on the bed in the master bedroom, and Bonnie, for a while, smart, puts up a fight for, like, a page being like, I'm not going to deposit the mom on the bed. Caroline is going to grab my ankles from under the bed, and Meredith just gaslights her, being like, no, 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 don't worry about that. And what does Caroline do? She grabs both of their ankles somehow from under the bed. But no, 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 we're not going to see the scene play out. We cut to Elena and Matt. They have left Jim Bryce's and Tamara alone. They see a red fox on the road and go, hey, we're going to follow it. 
Yeah, so they veer off to the side of the road in the old woods. Their phone has no service, which really sucks for Meredith and Bonnie if they want to try to call. Yeah. And they see that little double-headed fox thing, and and they're just going to follow it. Yep. But before they do, Elena makes sure to text Meredith and be like, hey, um, check in on Jim Bryce and his girlfriend Isabella, because uh, I think there might be something up with them. Yeah. And meanwhile, back in the master bedroom, <laughs> tentacles are grabbing at these girls, and uh, Bonnie calls for Damon. He comes to save them, and it's weird since he's like obviously working with like the 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 spirits and the possession. He's just like, "Hey, you guys, stop that!" And then everything stops. It is so weird because yeah. Bonnie is like, "Help, we're gonna die!" And then he shows up, and he's like, "Eventually." Hi, <laughs> I'm Damon, and my life is kind of crazy. Yeah, That's and literally how it once plays Damon out. saves them, he and Bonnie kiss. Yeah, and and he leaves immediately after. He leaves immediately. He gets Meredith out of it too, and like, are him and Bonnie gonna be a thing now? We don't know. Caroline taunts him on the way out, and Meredith sees that she has a new text from Elena to check in on Isabel, Jim's new girlfriend. Yeah. And uh, Meredith's like, okay, we're going here. Uh, but also, by the way, Bonnie, how was that kiss? And Bonnie's like, um, electricity. <laughs> Fireworks, electricity, dynamite. I uh. loved it, Meredith. Um, and then they go to Isabel's house. Um, and Jim answers, and he's not doing good. Oh, he's skittish as fuck. Yeah. And he goes, oh, you found me here? I left my home because Tamara threw knives at me. <laughs> Yeah. It's like, It's a puncture wound, which is kind of deep. But it seems like here's not not that good of a trade-off because whereas his little sister was hurting other people, Isabel's just hurting herself. Yeah, she's just piercing her skin over and over and over again, which is graphic. Her eyebrows, her ears, her nose, her mouth. Um, And she, Meredith goes to like grab whatever she's piercing herself with out of her hand. And... It didn't read to me that she pierced Meredith, but kind of just knocked the wind out yeah, of her. Yeah, she, like, punches her in the stomach. And uh, Bonnie gets is like, I think I have a hunch about what's going on. Yeah, and uh, uh, they're, like, kind of like, hey, Jim, so, like, what's the deal? And he was like, okay, so Carolyn saw Isabel um after she came to my house she came to my house late at night I don't know what happened she seduced me Isabel and I were waiting but then Isabel called me and she was so upset she threatened to kill herself and that's when I came here but now she's just been doing this over and over again and I don't know what to do and then Bonnie's like okay while she's wreaking havoc on everything I'm gonna go to the computer yeah and I guess she goes to the computer. I read it that she, like, looked it up on her phone, but it's the 90s. So I guess she does go to the computer, and she does a Google search, and the chapter just ends on revealing what she Google searched, and it's Salem Witches. So we don't know where that's going. (laughs) We don't, but that's where we're going to end this episode. We got a fox spirit. We got Salem witches. We got some ladies being possessed. We got Shinichi. I am hell. <laughs> as he said. I am hell. I am Stefan's gone still. I just want, like, for how much they hyper-focused on either Stefan and Elena's weird kissing or, like, uh, David being like, ah, yes, Bonnie, my double-A queen. 
Like, just, ah, uh, just some sex, please. Some sex. Man, I feel like we're so close, you We're know? so close. It's like a, a, a pimple that has been waiting to burst. Yeah. And I'm, I'm wanting to pop it. We gotta pop it. We gotta pop our Vampire Diaries cherry. Um, but in hopes of getting that soon... I feel like we should transition into our top five. I think so, too, because I think that there are two, there, well, kind of a love, not really a love triangle, but there are two love plots, and it can go in two different directions that are being set up, and I want it to happen. Yeah. But our top five is going to be top five reasons we are Team Matt over Team Damon. Yeah. They are trying to push Bonnie on one of them. They're, they really are. And I hate this book because I feel like they're really trying to like move towards Team Damon. Yeah. And I'm not a fan. I, I know that I bring this up a lot, the TV show and the book. Um, I'm pretty sure Damon dates Caroline in the TV show. And I think that him and Bonnie are just like really close friends. But I watched in high school, so I don't remember. But this is all weird to me. And I never watched it. So I'm useless in this conversation. But, but I've read the books. You've read the books. Well, I'm reading the books right now. I didn't read them when I was younger. Anyway, uh, our number five reason for why we're Team Matt is just going to be he's a plain old good guy. All American, sweet, pure boy Matt. He's always doing his best. He's always trying to help. He is just a plain old good guy. Society has conditioned us to chase after the bad boys at a young age. And when has that ever done us any good? Yeah. You know? Here's Matt, always willing to help, always believing these people. He has never once doubted a thing somebody has told him. He's not going to give you a UTI. Absolutely He's going to wash his dick. Yeah, he's, he's a better. good guy. He's, Damon, I don't know, I don't know. Damon, his crusty old century old dick? <laughs> no. His That's going to give you a lot of things that you don't want. I'm BV. talking UTI. I'm talking BV. I'm talking yeast infection. Oh, the yeah. sky is the limit with the things you can get from his dick, and none of them are good. Bad boy or BV, BB or BV. <laughs> okay. Number- <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> number four reasons Team Matt over Damon. Uh, he's blonde and athletic. Superficial reason, but we're standing by it. I love it. He's hot. When has Damon ever thrown Damon a football? Damon has never been described as hot to me. I picture Damon wearing, like, a floor-length leather coat a lot. And that's I, just it. I do, too. Like, he is very nerdy and unathletic. Yeah. He's I, the kind of bad boy who will, like, shy away from catching a football. I want my mans to be able to lift a truck. Me trying to picture Damon playing football and then just, like, kind of fumbling it and dropping it and, like, awkwardly picking it up. Yeah. Gross. He doesn't, he won't play football because he's a narcissist. Exactly. And he knows that it would give women the ick. Yeah, because he knows he can't do it. Yeah. And he's had centuries to learn how to play football. <laughs> um, number three, um, Matt fought these tree things with no vampire powers. Like, that's fucking sexy. Yeah, he did that. He tried to, last book, fight Tyler Smallwood as a werewolf. Yeah, Matt's got big hero energy. Let's fucking go. That's hot. That's fucking sexy. If you think otherwise, you're fucking wrong. Uh, Number two, early on in the book, when Damon was giving Bonnie a widow bath, <laughs> Matt burst into the bathroom to make sure she was okay. That's hot. I don't know. Checking out the well-being and making sure girl's not taking being taken advantage of. That's, That's pretty sexy. Pretty sexy. That's really sexy, actually. Yeah. Um, and number one, probably the best reason, when he was getting fed that tea by uh, Mrs. Flower, he just kind of wished he had a Coca-Cola. I just thought that was really sweet. 
That was. That's, that's, that's Maggie and I, we love a good Coca-Cola. We love that Matt loves a good Coca-Cola. We've been trying to get sponsored by Coca-Cola for like four years And now. maybe this podcast will be the gateway we need. Yeah, blow it up. Send it to your friends. We want Coke to see us. Um, That's our top five, which brings us to our wrap-up segment, our canceled character of the week. Maggie, who is your canceled character of the week? You know, I was going to say Tammy But that puts too much agency on a 15-year-old girl who doesn't understand sexuality yet. So I am going to put it on Caroline. I'm going to say... Really? Cancel character of the week, Caroline, for putting um, a girl so young in such a uh, a compromising position. Um, you know, a part of me wants to say Damon, but that's an easy answer. I want to cancel Jim Bryce this week. Okay, why? Um, because not only did he cheat on his fucking girlfriend and get inevitably into seduction so easily, he abandoned his 15-year-old sister who was throwing knives at him. We don't know where his parents are. Did he ever play basketball with Matt? We don't fucking know. I don't know this guy. Um, so here's the thing. I'm going to cancel Jim Bryce because he's a cheater and he's not a good older brother. Okay. And he's a bad boyfriend. I'll switch my vote. Wow. You did it, hands down. I think you, I I think that was a very compelling argument, and I really was going to say Damon, and then suddenly I was just overcome with... No. With the correct answer, which is Jim Bryce is canceled this week. Cancel Jim Bryce. Uh, Somebody had to, and I'm glad it was us. I agree. Wow. What a great episode. This was fun. I had such a fun time. I'm loving the season so far, Meg. This book is all over the place. And um, so are we. <laughs> and so are we, truly. Yeah. Um, I hope people are liking it. I tried to promote it in the Vampire Diaries Reddit, and I got banned permanently. And that is what we will do for this podcast. We will go to absolutely <laughs> every end of Reddit until we get banned from every message yes, board. Yes, I will make three accounts. Yes, I will get and, banned on everyone. And that is what we do so this podcast can grow because that is important for us to keep making cool-ass episodes like this one. Exactly. And all of the other 50-something that we have. So many. No, we're so smart. We're so cool and modest. But <laughs> if you ever exactly. uh, want to uh, follow us elsewhere, you're listening to our podcast, but how can you keep up with us maggie where can they keep up with us please you can follow us everywhere at maggie underscore and underscore laura on instagram y'all we read it on twitter and tiktok you can email us at maggie and laura present at gmail.com we love an email correspondence with you all and if you're in chicago we'll shoot our sh- we'll shoot our shot we also do sketch comedy books. yeah we do book us on your show book us on your show if you are a show producer here in uh, chicago comedy listening to us also our website maggieandlaura.com just it's just a cool place yeah visit it it's great we have a little section you can leave us a secret yeah we can't yeah we do it's cute Yeah. Okay. That's it for this episode. We will be back next Wednesday with part two of The Return, volume one, Nightfall. These book titles get so fucking long. Oh, my God. Um, Yeah. Yeah. We'll see you then. We'll see you then. You were just listening to an Audiment podcast.